You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about the Go-Go's, Beauty and the Beat. On the line, I have Rob. Hello! Ben. Have you heard them? They're talking about us. I'm also here. And Kyle. Hi there. Uh, Beauty and the Beat is the debut album by the California new wave band, the Go-Go's, released in 1981 on IRS Records. The producer was Richard Gothrin and Rob Freeman, and the genre is new wave, uh, pop rock, post-punk, and I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Erwine. It's not quite right to say that the Go-Go's 1981 debut, Beauty and the Beat, is where a new wave caught hold in the U.S., but it's not quite wrong either. Prior to this, there had certainly been new wave hits. Blondie had been reaching the top 10 for two years running, but the Go-Go's ushered in an era of big, bright, stylish pop, spending six weeks atop the U.S. charts and generating two singles that defined the era the cool groove of Our Lips Are Sealed, and the exuberant We Got the Beat. So big were these two hits that they sometimes suggested that Beauty and the Beat was a hits-no-filler record, an impression escalated by the boost the Go-Go's received from the just-launched MTV. Yet that's hardly the case. Beauty and the Beat is sharp, clever, and catchy, explicitly drawing from the well of pre-Beatles 60s pop girl group harmonies, to be sure, but surf rock echoes throughout. With the assistance of Rob Freeman, producer Richard Gothrin, veteran of the strange loves I Want Candy, who also wrote the girl group standard My Boyfriend's Back, sanded down the band's rougher edges, keeping the emphasis on the hooks and harmonies, but giving the Go-Go's enough kick and jangle that at times the group resembles nothing less than early R.E.M., particularly on How Much More and Tonight. But this isn't Murmur. There's nothing murky about Beauty and the Beat at all. This is infectiously cheerful pop. So hooky, it's sometimes easy to overlook how well-written these tunes are. But it's the sturdiness of the songs that makes Beauty and the Beat a new wave classic. All right, what do we think of the Go-Go's Beauty and the Beat? It's amazing. I love this record. It's it's nonstop. Could could you guys maybe clear something up for me? People, uh, you kept on saying new wave record. Is this album called new wave just because the year it was released? Because this just sounds like rock and roll to me. Maybe power pop, you know? Yeah, it does receive. I think the Go-Go's were, I mean, they were kind of a punk rock band. They, they, they were, were a the, punk rock band. Yeah, they were they, playing the same clubs. Um, this and is I a think, point of controversy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that the calling them new wave maybe has more to do with the go-go's lineage than it does with the actual sound that we're hearing on this record. 
is when I think of, I, I know like new wave is such a convenient catch all, uh, like stylistic catch all like yeah. grunge. Right. Yeah. But when I listen to this record, it just sounds like, like rock and roll power pop to me with catchy hooks that could have been released in other decades as well. Like uh, I'm wondering if it only gets that, that new wave tag on it because it was released at the beginning of the new wave, new wave era. And, and it's, and it's arguably not a punk record. Well, I mean, these guys were, I mean, part of that California new wave post-punk sound. I mean, uh, the go-go's were featured prominently in Urga music war. Rob posted an interesting article uh, on NPR that was published a couple of years ago that talked about this. Uh, whether the Go Go's are punk, and yeah, they are. They were there at the flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't and, a punk um, album, though. It, but it, but it is. The only reason why is. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you, Kyle. Um, the thank you. Yeah, yeah the uh, the only reason why it sounds the way it does is because Richard uh, Gother, uh, the guy who produced it, told them to slow down. They the way these things sounded live, yeah. straight up fucking punk rock. Like this album straight wouldn't up. exist the way it does had it not been for the producer. Um, yeah, he told, go. He told, told him to slow down and told him that the studio is a place where you can kind of like explore your ideas and not just like go in, lay down the tracks and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was good advice. Also, I love the strange loves. I've got a, 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 a strange loves album. They were on that nuggets compilation. Mm-hmm. And they were doing some really cool stuff and they, they were kind of, they marketed themselves as like British invasion to catch that British invasion train. But the stuff they were doing was really cool. And years later, you know, Adam and the ants and bow, wow, wow are, are doing some of the stuff that strange loves were getting into in the sixties with mm-hmm. like the big beat. I mean, this record was so much so a surprise at the way it sounded like the IRS was pissed off when they got the uh, like the copy saying, we can't sell this. This isn't punk rock anymore. What have yeah. you done? Yeah. And then it ended up like being the only all girl band to hit the billboard, like number one on the billboard charts with mm-hmm. a yeah. self like with a, the first album out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, when uh, when the Go-Go's so the Go-Go's were doing a. Uh, they, they were the main band uh, at the whiskey. Um, and so the whiskey, a what? Miski, the whiskey, uh, go, a go, go. Oh, go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but madness comes through and like they're opening for madness and madness. Like you guys are great. And they go and tell the specials like, Hey, you know, there's this band that's playing at the whiskey. You guys should go over there and like, you know, say what's up. So they go over, everyone gets along like gangbusters. And uh, the specials invite them over to uh, England to open for them, like on like all these shows over there. And that's that. So like the specials were playing with a punk band the entire time they were touring around England. They come back, they record this thing IR, uh, to the point where IRS says like, yeah, we want we want you, we want to like, you know, put you guys out. This this is amazing stuff. So they record record goes back to irs irs is pissed off because it doesn't sound like the way they sounded when they were like performing live what's irs up to at this point because i mostly know them as oh. rem's label you know and um, and uh, i would have thought that rem's old label would have been happy with the way this sounds the specials uh, uh, you, you gotta remember this is a band of all women yeah yeah, um, yeah. i think I, that's I, they were doing the police uh the flesh yeah. tones um, oh, I love flesh tones, man. They rule. And uh, Buzzcocks, I believe they were also uh, involved with them. 
Or they, like, They also did uh, Dead Kennedys and the Damned. What am I thinking of? English B. Yep. IRS was? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Apparently they were only able to... Dead Kennedys would have been all alternative tentacles. Uh, I mean, they, they are, but they had... They had some where they distributed differently. Yeah. Also right. the cramps. Okay. Yeah, they were only able to shoot the music video for, uh, uh, I think it's, we got the beat. We it got might the have beat, been a, yeah. yeah. Because they had leftover money from the police's music video shoot budget. There was, there was $6,000 yeah. left over. <laughs> oh, that, isn't, that, isn't that the Our Lips Are Sealed video where they're just like driving around, like getting in the fountain? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they got in the fountain in the hopes of getting arrested. Yeah. Because yeah. they thought that would be a great way for the uh, <laughs> the video to end, but the cops never came. <laughs> they all thought that, that this whole music video thing was kind of a passing fad, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not wrong, but uh, <laughs> uh, they kind of thought like, oh, this is just something we have to do today. And there's even shots from that video where like Belinda is running away, like, <laughs> getting, like just like fucking off somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you extrapolate from that, I mean, they only got their chance to make a music video because there was like leftover money from the police. You know, <laughs> it's depressing. This this record is a masterpiece. Uh, the production is it's great. Um, yeah, if you listen to like live recordings of this band around the time, uh, Urga Music War also yeah. they show up there, of yeah. course. Yeah, their live shows are raw as fuck, but this record. It's got the production. It's it's pop punk. Yeah. Um, which, can, which can often make me roll my eyes, but this record shreds. This record yeah. is a banger. Like, I have three copies of this on vinyl. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, it's one of those ones Very where, that, yeah, yeah like, you can have multiple copies of this one just in case you wear it out. Man, yeah. So I, I'm looking at my liner notes right now, and we're listening to the song tonight, which is a uh, jammer. Yeah, tonight was written by uh, uh, Jane Weedlin, uh, Charlotte Caffey, the lead guitar player, and then uh, Peter Case of The Nerves. Yep, which yep. is cool. I, I didn't realize it collaborated with him. So I learned this week uh, about their, their tour with the specials, about that that kinship they had with them, yeah. about uh, Jane and Terry Hall's uh, like secret secret tryst. And then that's their lips are sealed. and then that's what our lips are sealed is about. I did not know that. That's really cool. I guess like he s- sent her the lyrics and she wrote like the music to go with it. So it's like a like a pen pal collaboration awesome and then they recorded it later right uh fun boy like three year after fun boy three recorded it yeah it's so like a, a, yeah i'd never heard their the fun boy three version before but apparently in the uk the fun boy three version is the more prominent version of that track interesting yeah yeah, yeah they, um, they cut their teeth on that tour um like okay they were they were opening for the specials like going around the island and 
the specials were drawing a really special kind of crowd at that point, which was uh, a bunch of white nationalists. <laughs> oh, no. So not only were these uh, American uh, ladies opening for the ska band, they were playing rock and roll. It did not go well, um, but they got up there every night and did it. And like by the time they came back to the whiskey, like they they were already charting um, with uh, one of the singles that they had put out. Uh, I think it, I think Stiff may have put out the single, but yeah, like they they, they came back. Um, kind of like uh heroes for being like the first band to get out there and like you know <clears throat> do well in england not that they were going to tell them any otherwise of how like horrible they were treated by the uh by the crowds but yeah. specials um, loved them uh belinda yeah. and jane show up on uh on uh, more specials on the last track i can mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. the only negative thing i have to say about this record because i love this record so much uh, Skid Marks on My Heart might be one of the worst song titles I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a decent song. Yeah. That's a bad song title. It I that I, I did think about that this week, and it is a, a bit of a I don't know. It's like one flaw. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And it's just the song oh, title because I think it does work in the song. Um, it does. It does. For, for some reason. I was going to say, yeah, this has such a diverse. Uh, the songs are so diverse and so interesting. It harkens back to the B-52s and then back to, you know, the. the that girl, guitar tone, man, is yeah. very Ricky. 60s yeah, uh, yeah, 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 girl yeah. groups. And it. But everything just has a little more attitude um, with with them playing, and uh, it, it's wonderful. Really, their harmonies, I think, is what what bring uh, bring this out. Yeah, it really escalates. Yeah. Speaking of their harmonies, has anyone else had? Okay, so I was born in '81, so I wasn't aware of this album when it came out. Uh, for I was a baby, but You're a lame baby. But I have had a major crush on Jane Wheedlin ever since Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So uh, say we all. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Uh, Joan of Arc on Bill and Ted was like one of my first heartthrobs. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also, you know, watched a, a live video and she she always has. I think she's always has the most uh, interesting outfits. Uh, mm-hmm. in the band but i was i was watching one of the performances and she's wearing a headband and on the ends of the headband behind her are two raccoon tails <laughs> yeah that's so cool <laughs> um so am i the only dude in this podcast who has watched the surreal life no no i've, I've seen it okay uh yeah jane weedland was on that for a season oh yeah I, I, i've seen that season I think she got peed on by Vern Troyer. I think that Vern Troyer peed on her. I think he peed Aww. on her. And she was like very, you know. Well, I'm glad he's dead there. Very cool about it. Oh, my God. Is Vern Troyer Oh, dead? absolutely, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he hasn't hurt my feelings tonight. <laughs> uh, uh, I know we've heard this album probably. Uh, I mean, this is a party album, right? Total party you can, album. You yeah. can absolutely put this on for... Yeah. A party or anything, really, uh, or a funeral, really. Or a it's funeral, <laughs> sure. All-purpose <Wake>. album. <laughs> All-purpose album. Uh, but did anybody 
I always find it interesting when we re listen to these songs to pick out a song that, um, you know, maybe you hadn't really considered a great song before and now is, you know, really stands out. Is there one this week that, uh, um, yeah, to be honest. Um, yeah, like I said, I've, I've, I've had this record in my collection for at least 20 years and I've put it on when people come over, but, uh, this town and lust to love. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, been listening to those over and over. I was just like, "Ooh, these are some hidden gems." Absolutely. I throw automatic in there too. Yeah. You know, I, oh, automatic's incredible. I really, I really like this town. And uh, yeah. how much more was uh, my other one from this week? Did you say piss town? That's I did a not. Song. You did. I think you may have said piss town. Um, what I hadn't noticed beforehand. Uh, the this is another record or sitting down with some headphones did me a lot of favors like listening to how they did the harmonies is pretty fucking neat um how much more like just the delay like of the harmony on the chorus like going up like just like repeating it repeating whatever the word is like one measure later real fucking Ooh, cool is that stuff. like an eminence front kind of situation i don't know what that means but i'm gonna say yes the who Eminence front. Yeah, I'm not gonna do the Excuse who me? right now. Um, I retract my question. You should retract your question. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I shouldn't though. I can't even read my fucking handwriting. Sorry, guys. Let me figure out what song I'm trying to. Oh, I misspelled tonight, and then I tried to respell tonight the way they spelled tonight, and so I couldn't read what tonight. You're <laughs> um, doing a great job, bro. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, I love that spelling of tonight. That's my preferred spelling of the word tonight. It, it, it's a better one than what T- I wrote. T-O-N-I-T-E. That's when there is a party tonight. But the, Are we uh, talking the, about the goddamn Smashing Pumpkins again? But the guitar work in that song, um, where you have Charlotte on the one and Jane on the two, where it's like, John, John, John. Like, they're... Mm-hmm. It's fucking cool, man. It's like, really cool. fucking great. It's really shit, great. Shit that I never like considered. Like I, I've never tried to like break down these songs, and like there are full of fun little things happening. There's some, how yeah. about that cool howl at the end? Uh, we got the beat that we just heard. That's a cool howl, Jane. Jane. Yep. This Jane. Is, I was gonna say we got the beat is is like the per. It, it's a perfect pop song. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's two minutes and thirty six seconds. It has a hook chorus. It's fun to sing along to. It's really driving. Um, yeah, it's just like a perfect pop song. It, it makes complete sense why it was the single, but I think it, you know if someone were just to pick those two singles off, I mean, they're missing out on this album. Yeah. know anything about the uh, the manager of this band uh ginger canzaroni she was super stoked on them like back in like 79 it's like i want to be your manager and they're like cool you can be our manager 
And so she's the one that when the specials were like, hey, you guys want to come play some shows in like England? She pawned all of her shit to get them the money to go get, get the tickets over there. Like, and they, they were able to do it because she like sold her stuff and put her stuff in Hawk to make sure they were able to. Um, she was also the one that put up the money for the towels on the cover photo shoot of this record, um, which she returned because, <laughs> you know, towels oh. are expensive. So, yeah. Robert, are you getting they, all this information from that uh, GoGo's doc that came out like last year? Yeah, and yeah, everyone should watch that. Yeah, uh, I it's seen on it Showtime yet. or whatever yeah. illicit means you can obtain it. It's an amazing, uh, amazing thing. But they did her fucking wrong. Did they? Like they, they did her real, real dirty after uh, I guess vacation didn't really work out uh, for uh, an album, so they went to a bigger company and they never i mean they, they never hit this peak again like yeah. they, they they did her dirty um they did people who left the band a little dirty by having the manager tell them that they're out of the band as opposed to confronting themselves uh, but i mean like you know they're also like the main guitarist was a secret heroin addict and no one knew like and they were all fucking like high as shit like it's not as if like yeah it's not as if you sell a million records when you're 21 that you're going to deal with that well. Like they they weren't uh they they were kids that got really famous real real fast. Uh the police though when they were on tour with them were nice enough to give them uh, a bottle of champagne when they found out that uh the Go-Go's took the place for the number 1 slot while they were opening for them on tour. Oh that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Though to be fair a bottle of champagne split five ways it's not much champagne. <laughs> Perhaps it was multiple <laughs> bottles. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Don't know. Sp- speaking of uh, success, they hit double platinum, 1981. So year this came out, it went straight to number one, double platinum. Very impressive for a yeah. debut album. Yeah. yeah. No, this this album, yeah, it definitely bridged the the punk, pop, rock and roll, female rocker. Yeah. Combined. Yeah, now that you say that, I hadn't really considered, you know, the a lot of the punk bands we identify as, you know, being classic punk bands or whatever, they're not on the charts um, at this time. Sure, the Clash or the Clash, but how were they on the charts? I guess, should I stay or should I go? Was, but um, it wasn't like this. It didn't have yeah. this sort yeah. of national uh, broad airplay that I think what We Got the Beat does. But you yeah. still have those jabronis that are like, uh, I mean, even recently on Twitter, you guys probably saw this, right? Like, I don't have a Twitter. Jane Weedland was, you know, talking about being one of the first punk bands and somebody was like, Go-Go's weren't a punk band. Well, they can fuck off. Right. Yeah. She pretty much said that and the two was eviscerated. But I mean, that that still persists, you know, like, um, I mean, you look at how the how the runaways and stuff were treated, you know, like all female rock bands were a, a rarity. Yeah. You know, in 1981 and they weren't treated the same way as their male counterparts. Damn. Shame. It's almost like nothing's really um, changed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Go-Go's and Devo are yeah. up against each other for rock and roll hall of fame this year. Right. Bro, like, I know. like directly against each other, it's like perfect. either one or the other. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I don't think Devo's and gonna Devo's get in. Like, Fella Cootie's definitely gonna get in. Um, 
uh, Tina Turner is definitely going to get in. Uh, but going down the line, like Go-Go's are on there, Devo's on there, Iron Maiden's on there. Like there's a lot. And I think like four get in out of everyone that's uh, yeah. put in. So. Hmm. But I mean, like a horrifying like, circus. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. Uh, Kathy uh, Valenti. Is it? She was, uh, she's the bassist on this. Um, she pretended to know how to play bass, <laughs> but like uh, to be in the band, she had played guitar in girls' school beforehand. Like she knew how oh, to play okay. guitar. Um, cool. But they gave her a, um, like a recording of a rehearsal. Like it's like, all right, you, you listen to this and you learn the songs. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And like, couldn't hear anything. So like over the course of a three day Coke binge, she uh, learned how to play everything on guitar. That way she could translate it to bass. And then finally she was able to play all the songs on bass. So with a uh, thanks cocaine. Like, happy ending. It seems like if you can play them on guitar, it wouldn't be that hard to pick them up on bass. Right. What she's doing on bass is not the same as the guitar, though. Like the All bass right. actually moves around with these songs because it's fun. Because it's um, fun. It's fun. It's it's uh, musicians doing music stuff. Guys, I don't have anything bad to say about this record. I've yeah, nothing bad to say about this record. Song. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's, flawless record. It is a. It's a, it's perf- a pop masterpiece. Yeah, it's a perfect. Yeah, but pop if you like album. these songs and you're like, oh. I feel like the edges have been sanded off. Listen to these songs live. Punch it up on YouTube. Look at it on a uh, Urga Music War. Uh, these ladies could shred. Yeah, shred. and I think that this. I think that's interesting. Uh, when when an album is different from a live performance, it's always, in my opinion, that's a good thing. I always want to hear a. I always want to hear something sort of recorded one way and perform live, you know, a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't want, I like to hear the, what they can do with the studio, how, you know, how they can make things sound. And that's why I've said in the past, you know, like usually live records to me are, are not always um, my preferred way to experience it because uh, if you're just playing the same songs that you're playing, you know, in the studio, but with less control, um, of the, of those elements, then why, you know, why have both, why have both versions, but it should either be, Mm -hmm. you know, I can do everything this way live or I can do it in the studio, but yeah, they're both is great with the go-go's. Yeah. I mean, the record sounds like it was crafted by genius engineers, but, I mean, the passion's there. If you if you listen to the live tracks, them playing in L.A., you know, um, yeah, it's there. Great. Uh, I don't think we need to go around, right? Everybody's oh no, up, this, positive. Is, this is awesome. Yeah, okay. I figured. I think we're officially in the eighties. It feels. It does feel like we're in the. You're right. After after Heaven Seventeen, absolutely, we're in the eighties. <laughs> 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 What? Does it not sound 80s to you, Kyle? No, bro, it sounds 80s to me. I remember last week defending <laughs> the 80s production of a certain record. <laughs> That's fine. Come at me, bros. Next time we'll be talking about Motorhead. No sleep till Hammersmith. Oh <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Quiet now.